Hi all, this is TK and you're listening to the podcast RVE for the HSP. Welcome. It is November 9th, 2020. How are you doing? It is a Monday after a weekend and there is still a lot going on energy-wise, so it's really important. I'm just going to say it. Let's get it out of the way every day. Work on ways in which we can be and stay calm and balanced. It is, as I see it, one of the, if not the main key to health, wealth, and happiness. Now, I'm still moving forward in all of those things, but let me tell you, I am doing so much better than I used to. And there's something to be said for staying positive, staying open, staying clear, which means like taking the time and the effort to monitor how we feel inside and the thoughts that we're thinking. And, um, you know, making healthy choices as much as possible. Because when you, when you're in a healthy kind of balanced state of mind, then you make healthy choices, then life is overall easier and feels better. <laughs> it seems like a no brainer to me though. Um, it really when you when you break it down and you think about it, it kind of makes sense. So uh, that is the, you know, everything that is behind RVE and RVE for the HSP. It's for each of us to be able to move forward living our best lives. And that includes having goals. That includes knowing who we are and what we want. Because if you don't know like what you want, then how are you going to get it? It makes it that much harder to even get there. <laughs> it's like getting in a car and driving, you know, without having a destination. So it's just, you know, it's really interesting. But getting to a place where you can even start to make those kinds of decisions requires a certain amount of health, self-love. So healing um, the stuff that blocks us from self-love, working and healing our traumas and dramas, including our anger, because I think we're all angry. I think anger is a... Um, sort of a shared experience as well as traumas and dramas. I mean, we all have them peeps. We can take our pick uh, in life. So it's just important that we take personal responsibility for healing ourselves. Really? And um, okay, so what else do I want to say? <laughs> so I want to encourage you to keep on with it. And, you know, I think we should all just give ourselves a big round of applause and a pat on the back for, you know, getting through 2020 as much as we have. <laughs> um, specifically 2020. It has been a year of change and transformation. So choosing to work on ourselves is the best one of the best ways, if not the best way to get through 
2020 and massive change and transformation because we can always work on ourselves. There's always stuff to heal. Even on the daily, that's important to also, I want to remind you all. So there's stuff to do every day to help de-stress from a very overstimulated and overstimulating world. And then there's extra work to be done in terms of healing our inner, our subconscious, all of that, self-love, everything. So addictions. And now with uh, Pluto, Saturn, and uh, the other big boys like Jupiter in Capricorn, you know, different things have been happening uh, to do with the sign of Capricorn, which is all about work, overcoming obstacles, who we are in the world, relationship to authority figures. I mean, all of these things have been playing out in our lives individually. So, um, you know, Pluto and Saturn (laughs) in Capricorn is huge, cannot be overstated. So, um, yeah, so we deserve to sort of um, celebrate ourselves. Absolutely, that's important. That is important. So what else do I want to say? I was, um, I was reminded of a little story to, um, to help with this time of change. Remember to take the initiative sometimes to move just that little bit forward and to, um, to make the decision to do something before you actually have to. And the little story, it's nothing much. It's just that what I usually do when I um, put my toothbrush away after having brushed my teeth is I do a little spray of hydrogen peroxide on it. And sometimes I do it before just to freshen it up. And my uh, the hydrogen peroxide bottle that I use it's um, a spray that I just, I refill, you know, um, the hydrogen peroxide from a, another bottle that I keep in the cabinet. So I, I keep the spray bottle going. Now it's getting pretty low. And at some point soon, it needs to be refilled again. But I wasn't forced to refill it yet because there was still a little bit in there although it takes some effort getting it out you have to like position the bottle right to get the liquid you know so that the spray um, nozzle can like suck it up so I was like okay well I don't have to do this yet because I'm still able to use it but when I put it back it made this hollow kind of sound it because it it uh you know, the bottle, the spray bottle moved around a little bit before it fully settled. And it just sounded so empty and echoey. And I was like, Oh, all right, I'll do it because it felt like it needed to be done. It basically, you know, that sound reverberated in my ears, whatever the word is. Um, So stay open to stuff like that. And it was like, okay, I'm going to take the effort just to refill it now. I could have waited, waited another day, two days. It would have to be done soon. 
But I could have waited until I had to do it. But I didn't. I did it then. And that's good. It's that small little thing that can make a difference. That was very Saturnian. Saturn, the energy of Saturn, it's a, a rewarding kind of thing when we take the initiative to push ourselves a little further, when we take the initiative to show that we have, um, you know, a new dedication or a new, um, you know, we're willing to challenge ourselves and push ourselves like just that little bit. That is good for this uh, Saturn energy. And remember, Saturn is going direct in December, which is next month. Oh my gosh, this is going to be so good. It's moving, not direct. I didn't mean that. I meant it's moving into Aquarius. It's changing signs. It's funny that I should say uh, Saturn is going direct, but it feels almost, yeah, Saturn is moving on and will be um, focused on other things like innovation, humanitarianism, kind of like rebellious, cool, you know, energy, like the kind of energy where punk rock was, you know, punk rock music was birthed, what, in the late 60s or 70s? I don't know, I'm no music expert, but at any rate, you know, like new genres of music, that kind of stuff is cool, straight up. Um, Capricorn ain't nothing but the grind. I mean, I think we've all had enough of that. Being ground down. So, you know, nose to the grindstone. I still don't really know what that phrase means, but it's a reminder. Okay, I just remembered something. (laughs) I'm supposed to be telling a story. This is story time week. Oh, my word. I'm at the 10-minute mark. I should be wrapping up, and I'm just now getting into my story well it is what it is so Monday Um, it will be money Monday at least for now so I'll talk a little bit about my personal life experience of um, having the uh, experience of of having money okay feeling abundant in that way and also having the experience of not having money there are stories throughout my life that I can share that I think will be helpful. Um, the one I will share today a little bit is about my teen years growing up in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. My family had a house in a wealthy suburb called Fox Chapel. And, uh, you know, different Steelers from the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers lived there as well as you know prominent I don't know politicians and stuff it was it's a prominent uh, suburb so um, but even though I grew up in a beautiful house in a wealthy suburb my family struggled financially and my father was eventually laid off I think when I was like 16 and then you know, that was a whole new thing to deal with because my father was a severe alcoholic. So you can imagine when he's laid off and he's in the house all day, that's not a good thing. Um, so 
you know, there's a lot that I've blocked out <laughs> from my childhood and my uh, life in general, like my formative years. But at any rate, so I don't really remember too much from that time. It was a, another, you know, two or three years. And then my uh, parents moved to North Carolina during my first year of college. So I was around 18 or so, 18, 19, because they, they sold the house and then moved to a smaller house due to uh, financial reasons. And then my father, you know, he got sick um, not too long after that and died from cancer and diabetes and alcoholism when I was 25. And that's after having lost, he lost a couple of body parts too um, from the cancer and the diabetes, but he lost a portion of his left foot and then his right leg was removed uh, under his knee due to like circulatory problems and stuff. And then he had his bladder removed from cancer. So it was very difficult as you might well imagine. I mean, I was just losing my father in bits and pieces. Oh my word. Anyway, that's not the story. Well, it kind of is though, because uh, when my parents met and married, they lived in Manhattan, New York City. I was born in New York City and my father, you know, my mom lived this um, fantastic, lavish lifestyle. Uh, my mother modeled for a time and she was uh, kind of in the fashion industry a little bit. I think she worked at uh, like Good Housekeeping um, magazine or something uh, in New York City and she loved fashion. And um, I saw recently I, I discovered old letters that she wrote to uh, her, uh, it, that she wrote to Gramps at any rate, <laughs> Nana and Gramps. Um, but she enclosed like little snippets from fabric. She was saying, oh, I'm working on this cloak and this is the inner lining and this is the basic uh, um pattern. So she liked to design fashionable clothes, which I hadn't really realized before. That was a new, I just saw that um, a few days ago, this letter with the fabric, fabric swatches. Anyway, fashionable, you know, wealthy, they went to different, they were, they went to the Playboy Club too. She wrote that in the letter. Oh, you know, we're going to the Playboy Club this weekend or something anyway you get it so um so going through this period of time you know it was New York City and then kids and then um uh, we actually lived in Belgium for a while when I was very little a toddler and then Stamford Connecticut Ohio and uh um, Akron Ohio and then Pittsburgh Pennsylvania so even though it was still like a beautiful home and we lived what looked to be, you know, kind of a beautiful life, at that point, uh, my father and the family, we were struggling financially and we had already started struggling, I think, um, in Ohio because my mom would buy things from tag sales that, uh, you know, like people would have um, garage sales. And, you know, it's kind of an odd 
story to tell, but let me check something. Okay. I will tell it. Um, as a young girl blossoming into adolescence, my mom bought me my first training bra at a tag sale, like at someone's garage sale. And it's so interesting because I'm not really sure how much that affected me, but I know it did. I know it bothered me that I didn't have a brand new training bra, you know? And my mom used to uh, also sew some of my clothes for me growing up in Pittsburgh. She would sew uh, summer shorts and uh, like a, a dress that I wore and they were cool. I mean, I totally enjoyed the clothes that my mom made for me, but it was like she wasn't really making them all together because she loved fashion and loved sewing. It was like I knew also at the time that it was a it was also kind of necessary because my mom tried it was a very obvious to me that she tried in all these different ways to save money. And we didn't have uh, nice cars like we lived in a beautiful house. But my mom drove like a Honda. <laughs> so growing up as a teen, I could kind of see you know, uh, those who had money, you know, those who didn't, um, having money and losing it, um, how money affected people's lives. Um, like, I kind of had a leg in both worlds. And is it's very, very interesting. Let's see what time we're at. Okay, I guess I'll go to the 20 minute mark. So, um, one of my first boyfriends was uh, a skater boy from the wrong side of the tracks, quote unquote. But he grew up in a very uh, outwardly poor uh, section of town, you know, in a quote unquote poor family. Um, and I think he'd be, he was the first to admit it. And the thing is, I have never. Uh, just fully judged anyone on their uh, socioeconomic background or how rich or how poor their parents are or that kind of thing. Like, I've been able to have the ability just to like um, size a person up on who they are on the inner, which has always meant more to me than like anything else. Um. So it doesn't matter, it doesn't impress me if your parents have money. Be how are you? You know, are you a douchebag? Because then all the money in the world means nothing as far as I'm considered. As far as I'm, I consider it. So, um, you know, I dated because I dated wealthy guys too during my teen years. And I could see so clearly, ugh, this person just, you know, <laughs> like, I'm not impressed that they, one guy was like, oh, you know, talking about how his parent, you know, the wealth or something in his family. And I said, but that's not your, like, that doesn't, it's like, not yours, really. 
<laughs> um, I don't know. It's hard to describe. I'll think about it and see if I can come up with a way of describing it. But um, having a lot of money passed down to you, but being, you know, decrepit and uh, having a certain like rottenness inside, you know, it just seems a no brainer to me that having the goodness on the inside, right? Like that, that health and wealth and prosperity on the inner is the way to go about it. Because all the money in the world won't buy you, you know, well, maybe it will if you invest in like meditation, uh, if you go, if you travel the world to like expand your heart and soul, <laughs> then money can help you. Sure. So I don't want to make that statement. But having a lot of money, you know, if you're if you're not um, with it on the on the inner, right, happy, healthy, whole, then it doesn't like matter. I don't know how to put it. Like I said, I'll try to think about it more. Um, but getting healing ourselves, getting grounded and linking up with God, universal energy, God being shorthand for good is so important. Just wanted to throw throw that in there before I wrap up the story. The thing is, um, so I, I dated Skater Boy for a while and I never judged him on where he lived or, you know, who his parents were or anything like that because that doesn't matter to me. It matters to me who the individual is. And I remember we were at like homecoming dance once or something, I don't know, and they were doing... Um, fake marriage certificates or something in the hallway I don't know but I remember this guy because in in high school you tend to have your cliques there in my high school they were called like burners they're they were the more the rough um motley crewish types from you know the wrong side of the tracks um there were preps which were rich, wealthy, uh, cheerleader, football types, what have you, um, you know, nerds, whatever, but preps and burners were definitely, um, two labels <laughs> that were present at any rate. So this guy could be described as like a burner type. My high school was pretty cool though, in that there was some, I, I don't feel like it was so, um, cared about. I mean, people just kind of there was some blending of groups, which is great. Anyway, whatever. That's a side note. The point is, so this burner type said, I remember him saying, you guys give me hope. Or like, you give me hope. Like talking about me. Because our story, it really is so interesting. We were kind of like a John Hughes couple. I was this like kind of wealthier, um, wealthy neighborhood, pretty modely type looking girl in some respects I mean I you know I was pretty um still am <laughs> and uh he was more of like a rough looking skater boy from poor side of, of town I mean he was he was like good looking because he was uh cool on the inside but he wasn't traditionally what one would call handsome but that has never mattered to me because people are, you know, sexy, beautiful, handsome, what have you, um, when the inside shines out. You know what I mean? Like outer looks. Oh, my word. 
they don't mean a thing to me if you're not uh, beautiful on the inside, right? I don't think I'm alone in this either. I mean, highly sensitive peeps, you know, I think you get what I'm saying. So I'm going to move on, but I always that always stuck with me, the fact that this guy said, you give me hope, and that makes me happy because, yeah, of course, there's hope for... Um, I believe that, that the individual, how an individual is and how they come across and how others see them, I mean, what's really important is, you know, the actions that they take, the things that they say and do. I mean, not some bullshit about like where they live <laughs> um, or like who you know what kind of situation their parents are in because to a certain degree we're all individuals peeps and we can heal our you know ancestral pain too remember look into that the subconscious stuff healing closing out karmic cycles this is pain that we're born with so um, just if you picked it up in the womb alone that's enough trauma and drama to heal but it's all good stuff peeps so keep on keeping on I cannot believe I haven't even gotten to the um, astrology section of the podcast astrology section of the podcast yet let me do that now I hope that story was helpful I will talk more about that stuff um, in podcasts to come all right um today november 9th we have venus in libra opposite mars retrograde in aries now remember venus rules libra and mars rules aries so it's very powerful oppositions are can be a frustrating push-pull sort of energy so expect that when it comes to relationships partnerships and balance and aries is about energy, passion, goals, moving forward, ego. Ego can be uh, like a narcissistic kind of ego and it can just be ways in which we look to protect ourselves. Sometimes the ego um, is not helpful to us and actually becomes a bit of a hindrance. So it's really important that we keep our, our egos in check, right? Ego that has so much to do like with that um the uh, the one boy that I dated where he was going on about like his family's wealth that's ego because he seems to think that he is this big shot you know and he's not <laughs> as far as I could tell um he wasn't anything but a dipshit so at the time who knows what he's like now hey I I would like to know if he has actually improved himself and if he's a good person so there's hope there's always hope so um yeah something to keep be uh conscious of today and then um tomorrow we have the sun in Scorpio trine Neptune retrograde and the sun is goals it's very um Aries as a matter of fact (laughs) um it's about our ego who we are and personal goals so trine very harmonious good stuffs with Neptune 
our spirituality, uh, finishing out karmic cycles, our subconscious, and it's retrograde, so this is an inner experience, peeps, and it's in Pisces. Neptune rules Pisces, so that's strong. We also have Mercury entering the sign of Scorpio. Wow. Scorpio is about transforming power and control issues, uh, shadow side stuff. It's the phoenix rising from the ashes, healing and transformation on a deep level. So think about ways in which we can do that, peeps. Mercury is about learning. It's education, our mind, what we take in and digest and spit back out in the world. <laughs> By that, that, you know, that's such like a rough way of putting it, but it's how we you know, what we contribute to the world in terms of our opinions and things. Opinions, I say that as I roll my eyes, because really, um, let's just talk a little less <laughs> and think a little more about uh, how we can contribute, how we can be a good person. I think that's important. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think, you know, with social media, and whatever, uh, too many people have a, a, you know, are just blasting their opinions out into the world. Maybe just shut up for a minute <laughs> and go within and sort of like um, heal. That'd be nice. <laughs> heal stuff that needs to be healed because we all have it. You cannot convince me otherwise. Um, every single individual has something that they can work on. Let's move to guidance cards. This is like a super long, well, maybe it won't be. I remember back in the day, my podcasts used to go uh, 40 minutes or so. So hmm. I'm now going to shuffle and ground the cards and energy for the highest good of all, most benevolent outcome for all. I encourage you to do some conscious breathing or clear your mind or whatever as I do this. And I will be back shortly. Thank you. Okay, I am back. So one card fell out or stayed out when I was um, shuffling. And I will go ahead and ooh, reference it now. It is the Three of Cups celebration. Woo, remember, I was talking about celebrating ourselves earlier in the podcast and make sure you're doing that. This is very celebratory, having a party. Do that in a socially responsible way, peeps, but give yourself a little bit of a party with those you love. Or even if it's just oneself. I mean, I totally think that we can freaking celebrate on our own as well. Um, oh, the Queen of Wands, sharing. She is the hostess with the mostest. Queen of Wands is very uh, gregarious, social, compassionate, um, abundant, uh, 
wands generally have to do with creativity and um, fiery sort of energized inspiration, moving forward, goals. Ooh, the three of pentacles, guidance. Three of pentacles is about work, work within groups um, as well. But, you know, working towards something in the traditional rider way, in the Osho Zen, it features an angel uh, in gorgeous healing light and um, uh, color. So it always reminds me of being conscious of the connection with, with God. And, um, you know, God being shorthand for good. And looking for, you know, different gu guidances and things. Because that can certainly, when you're, when you're praying, right, and you are in a place of receiving, um, it comes through. Ground it all in energy for the highest good of all, most benevolent outcome for all. Ho'oponopono. Hawaiian prayer of forgiveness. And there you go. Okay, what's this? Queen of Swords. Morality. Exactly. Morality. What are the true morals? I mean, you can't go wrong with the original teachings of Jesus, among other things. But that's certainly, you know, look it up, peeps. It's tried and true. Um, we all have to, I think, getting back to a certain sense of like a shared sense of morals, I think is really important. Um, and that's not necessarily, you know, there are uh, different religions that share a common, like a commonality when it comes to goodness. That's what we're talking about. So... Let me see. Let's see if there's anything else that wants to come out. But yeah, sink into, uh, you know, the po power of love, harmony, um, compassion, um, or what we value, our morals, particularly when it comes to how we make our money. Like, you know, money can so often get just uh, mixed in with compromising our morals in some way shape or form uh, so and it's tied up in with fear and when people are scared they don't make good decisions so don't be scared peeps Ooh, the two cards that came out were um, seven of wands stress and nine of wands exhaustion exactly when people are scared they are too stressed out and too exhausted to make good decisions. These cards together, it's just so, um, yeah, <laughs> I, it's just so important to be able to identify this kind of energy in our lives individually and then work with it right away. And now is a time of, of, it's still a time of uncertainty for so many people in terms of money, among other things. So look for the resources, look for, do the research, take action, because the universe rewards action. Absolutely. I've learned that. I've seen it myself. I mean, other people say it as well. So it's nothing new. Um, 
Which makes sense. The more you try, I mean, if you take authentic action, it sort of makes logical sense that one of these actions would be met and, um, you know, it would succeed in some sort of positive result. It just makes sense. So, um, to deal with the uh, Seven of Wands stress and the Nine of Wands exhaustion, remember Nine of Wands is also do not give up. What can people focus on? Aw, we have the, the three major arcana, which is the Empress, titled Creativity. We have the Page of Pentacles, featuring a, a small child and, and um, beautiful rainbow light, titled Adventure. We have the Page of Swords titled Mind, which is the smokestack of a mind. Gears going on in this uh, being's head, and it, there's all this polluted air coming out of the top of their head. And Seven of Pentacles, Patience, with the pregnant woman and the moon cycles above her, and rainbow colors. Now, three out of four of these cards creativity, adventure, and patience all have beautiful rainbow healing light. Light, love, and energy for the highest good of all. Water imagery, flowers, blooming, uh, light, love, you name it. Gorgeous, gorgeous energy. And mixed in here is that mind card, which just reminds us to clear our mind space. Put an air purifier up there, clear your head, do conscious breathing. I don't care how you do it, <laughs> but do it. Also, Page of Swords can be new, fresh ideas coming in. Swords has to do with the mind, and it very much can be uh, creative, you know, creativity. It says creativity here. Creativity, adventure, mind, and patience. So, you could be coming up with new ideas. Just make sure that you're clearing your head of inner muck and yuck and this is how we deal with the stress and with the exhaustion okay nine of wands is also the wounded warrior so it's definitely but it's being so close to getting to that next phase okay but it could take a little time the, there's the patience here okay and the um page of pentacles that also is fresh new ideas when it comes to money, when it comes to the home, family, you know, health. So be on the lookout for that. And the Empress, that's a beautiful energy. That's having the energy of all the queens. And remember, Empress, this can be uh, male and female energy. So, um, yeah. So there you go, peeps. I think that's the end of the reading. I mean... Let's see. Yeah. Ooh, bottom of the deck is the Ten of Wands. Titled Suppression, but that's good because the, t the bottom of the deck is the Ten of Wands. I was just talking about how with the Nine of Wands, we're so close to closing a chapter out. Well, with the Ten of Wands, that is happening. That chapter is being closed out. Underneath that is the Four of Swords, postponement. Remember, the Four of Swords is about taking time to rest, take time to heal,
take time to rejuvenate and meditate and go within. And because underneath that is Thunderbolt, which is the tower. We are still very much having tower moments. I call uh, 2020 the year of the tower. It's like an elongated tower moment for everyone. Underneath that is the master. This is a beautiful card. This is like, to me, uh, this card is very, very similar to the sun. And it has no equivalent in any other deck. It's its own thing in the Osho Zen. But that is, you know, really, really getting to a place of, um, you know, health, wealth, and prosperity on all levels. On all levels of being. Uh, it's beautiful. Underneath that is Queen of Pentacles flowering. Yeah. Underneath that, the hermit going within, having that connection. Uh, and Six of Swords, the burden, getting to, getting to uh, a better place, getting to through the rough waters to calmer, smooth um, navigation. And remember, that's a good way to, to uh, you know, give a shout out to my website. So I, I am moving forward in being a life navigation guide. And that means I'm putting out different uh, written materials, different pamphlets. I have a book available on Amazon for download called The Fear Rocks. Uh, the Fear Rocks and how they can help. It's, it's actually called Free Yourself from Fear. <laughs> and it's about one of my ex major experiences that, that I went through that helped me heal the different fear issues that I have and still have. It's going to be something that I need to maintain through life. Um, but I'm telling you, this book made such a difference. This experience made such a difference in my life. So uh, look for that. I think I'm going to continue doing, uh, starting to do videos. And I have a video up now that talks a little bit about bells and singing bowls. So look for more stuffs when it comes to that. But I see myself as being a sort of guide uh, in terms of the Six of Swords card. You know, it's navigating to a, a better place. Okay. All right. We're all doing it, peeps. So thank you for all that you are and do. Stay tuned for more stuffs. Uh, keep up the good work. And as always, I send you love and peace and wish you to be safe and well. Thanks so much. Mwah.